Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Hyperspace Hangout, a podcast by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans. I am Matt Starwin. And I am Ezra Skyhopper. Welcome aboard the Outcast. This is the place for all Star Wars fans where we discuss your thoughts and theories about a galaxy far, far away. As you and I have been talking, uh, you know, the past two days, and, you know, we did one of these a while ago, but guys, in all honesty, sometimes you just got to do it a little bit more, okay? Because <laughs> we've had a lot we've had a lot to get off our chests in the past two years, and I think as we're, we're finally we're finally hitting that part where, in all honesty, it feels okay to talk about it for us, okay? Yeah, yeah. And that and that is the sequel trilogy, okay? Yeah. You know, it's a, when the sequels first came when the, when the sequels came out, you know, we were well, we were in Rebel Watch and we didn't, you know, whatever. We didn't we didn't record as often as we wanted to right. and um you know, we were still sort of in this whole thing and it was new and then when Rise of Skywalker came out, it came out at a time right alongside with Mandalorian to where we were sort of like, okay, well, Mandalorian's really cool, and Rise of Skywalker, eh, I don't know, eh, I don't know. And now we've really honestly had time to sort of not just sit back, but really be able to absorb the sequel trilogy as as a full thing. And I think, you know, we've been talking about this a little bit back and forth, where we've been saying things like, you know, I think they, it sort of works for us as a standalone movies, and and all and all of this stuff but today's not that day i think you know we're in we're are we in that i think we were before we were in the denial stage all right yeah and i think i think today's going to be the anger stage uh and then eventually we'll move on to depression and then you know uh acceptance right. Bar- bargaining right yeah and then yes. and then and, and then ex- and acceptance um so, yeah, so today might be a little bit of that anger stage. Um, but, you know, that's not to say that there aren't good things coming in Star Wars, my friend. Knights of the Old Republic uh, is coming to Switch. Right. Yes. Not the new one, but the original one. Right. So that is exciting. I will be certainly uh, doing a review for that over my video game channel. Uh, it comes out, unfortunately, poor timing, uh, I have to say here, and that's something we'll be talking about later. Yeah, okay? timing. Is the is is the poor timing, because whoever decided to release Knights of the Old Republic this, on the Switch version 
which is the original sort of version, which is like that sort of upscaled remastered version that's on mobile and everything. Yeah. On 11 11 2021, uh, which is the 10 year anniversary of Skyrim, and Skyrim is getting a special anniversary. I mean, what are these people at Disney doing? Who's not checking the date? There are Twitter accounts that literally taught, like, that will prepare you for upcoming anniversaries, birthdays, things like that. How do you not look ahead and see that that's a significant date? We should probably go one or two days later or before or a month later. I mean, come on. I mean, Knights of the Republic is one of the greatest. It is the it is the greatest Star Wars video game of all time. It is one of the greatest RPGs of all time, but it is not the greatest RPG of, of all time, unfortunately. Yeah. And that is probably the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, which is getting its 10-year anniversary. So whoever decided that was a great idea, I don't know. Uh, well, but hey, nonetheless, nonetheless, it is coming to, uh, to Switch. That's kind of the thing, though. The theme for this episode might be decision-making. And we're going to give you a full spoiler warning here in a second where basically like a high-level threat sort of uh, if you want to click off because we're going to be... Teeing off. Uh, teeing off a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but, but at the same time saying we love Star Wars because you guys know we do love we Star do. Wars. But uh, yeah, anyways, before we get to that, though, friends, attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes into the next planet with the performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That code is important, friends. It's FANSIDED20. And also, Matt, 2 million men. I bet there's more now, and I bet there's a bunch of women too. So that number is pretty, you know, high. Yeah, absolutely. As I mean, uh, you know, there's going to be some people we're going to be talking about today who probably could manscape. I mean, normally we say Chewbacca, but, uh, you know, I mean, hey, apparently ma manscaping makes you, you know, if you manscape, makes you look better uh, yeah. in bed. OK, yes. and we're going to be talking a lot about Emperor Palpatine. Was he in bed? Oh, with my somebody? God. I, That's well, what we're going to be talking. Well, because we're talking. Yeah, he, I mean, it's. The only way I think that does work out is, is he manscaped. You know what I mean? So as crazy as that is to say. And you know what? By the way, don't think. I mean, we have some conversations about Palpatine being. We always think he's a bad guy, evil guy. He probably manscaped. And he's probably somebody who should have been turned back to the light. We'll get to that later. So, yeah, very, very good point, my friend. Uh, friends, seriously, though, the holidays are going to be coming up. I know it's September. We're already thinking about, you know, uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, whatnot. It's never too early, though, to get this as a gift uh, the lawnmower 4.0, the whole package, the whole, you know, the crop preserver, the ball deodorant, all that good stuff. So make sure you get that. And you can get 20% off and free shipping with that code fansided20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond. Your space balls will thank you. Now, Matt, this is where I'm going to give the warning. All right. <clears throat> okay, my friend. Because as is a, I, I'm a nice guy. I'm a teacher, uh, I'm a student, you know, I'm a lifelong learner, I'm a lover, I'm a Hufflepuff, I'm a wizard, okay, I'm a good guy, but I do have a few things, I think, just, just I, in like a last kind of one more time, as we get transmissions, we sometimes will talk about like the rise of Skywalker in the sequels, right? This is the one time where I think I'm just gonna, 
just go at it and just be raw and just just have at it okay because i'm a star wars fan and i love star wars and we're just gonna we're just gonna cut right to it and be very blunt and honest about it and we're gonna do uh, i think uh, one or two youtube videos that are more kind of um ironed out polished up videos so those will be separate from the podcast we'll do those later now mind you if you've listened to this podcast and you know who we are i love star wars i was on a plane from germany back here uh literally re-watching rebels i went there with my girlfriend i stayed we talked we had a great time i showed her some star wars i'm walking her through it and i'm on my way back and again on the way there i started i did all of season three on the way back i did season four i watched the originals all the time last night uh, i had return of the jedi on again you guys know me i love star wars but two nights ago two nights ago i watched the rise of skywalker and it had been a long time since i had watched it right I was going to ask you, how long How long had it been? A long time. A long time. And because it's just not one of my favorites, it's not something that I default or that I go to often because there's not the moments. Like, I'm thinking of those really cool, awesome lightsaber fights and those moments. You know, like The Last Jedi's lightsaber fight is something that, it's awesome. It's a really cool fight, but... I don't know, man. We're going to get into the details here in a second, but it had been a while and I was watching the movie and I just started mentally going, I had question after question after question. I had to go to Wikipedia. I started a timeline. I talked to you the next day. We totally were going to record something the other day and we just ended up talking for four hours and we were frustrated about all of it. Um, and I totally just lost the Zoom connection. I have no idea what happened. Oh my gosh. Somehow, I don't know how Zoom unexpectedly quit. Now, here's why it quit, Matt. Because I was getting heated, okay? I was getting ready to take us into the sequel topic. This forbidden taboo. It, it is it not kind of like in Star Wars, you're almost not allowed to like diss or say something ill of the sequels without being someone who... I don't know. Sometimes I feel like th there's instantly this backlash if you say anything critical of the sequels. You're branded as as like someone who's I don't know a bad guy. Like like you're on the dark side or or you're anti the characters Ray no. and Finn and Rose and Poe. I'm like I I love those characters. No, no. and I you know it it it's <sighs> let's see here how do how do I, how do I phrase this. The sequels, as I, I do agree with you that that as soon as you start criticizing them, um, like I saw, I, I saw this thing the other day where somebody was was saying, you know, they were complaining about, and I don't know the person's account, so it's hard for me to say, like, you know, that this person doesn't make these type of statements in 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 general. So, but somebody literally made a comment, and they were complaining about. The right. This is actually sort of what started it, to be entirely honest. As I brought this up, and then we just went to this whole sequel thing. Had, but um, it was the the fight between Ray and Kylo Ren on the bridge on the forest on the ocean moon of Endor, which is you know, and this is how this is our this is our train of thought went. And anyway, he was complaining about how he's like, why does Ray use the Force to stop Kylo Ren's lightsaber and then take her lightsaber and hit his lightsaber back further? Wouldn't it just make more sense for her to hold it and then just hit him to knock him out? And so they're complaining about the choreography. But anyway, the comment, the top rated comment was like, why are you as a man arguing about Ray Skywalker? I was like, 
what is going I mean, like, yeah. just arguing with the choreography. But, so, you know, yeah. you're, it, it is right. And I think, and I, it, well, some of it is fair because I think that there is a lot of, you know, hate towards sort of Daisy Ridley because it is a female main character. Is, so that is, which there is, is, yeah, there, which is right, which is, is justified in the, in, in that. Um, and it's also dumb that people are arguing that it's, you're right. I do think there is some sexism in Star Wars over that. I 100 yeah. percent do believe that there there legitimate there legitimately is. Yeah, if you have a problem with Ray as the main character, that I have a problem with you having a problem with that. Right. I mean, like that's exactly yeah. no. Yeah, my issues with Ray as the main character have nothing to do with Daisy Ridley. It's 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 it's, it's choices of I. She did a great job in the acting Wonderful. of it and everything. I mean, yeah. And if anything, it's like no, I actually want more. The issue isn't that Ray is the main character. The issue is that there isn't enough Ray mm-hmm. as the main character. Yeah, preach it. It's the develop. It's the development of her character, not the portrayal of her character. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I guess that's a good thing to kind of bring up in in the beginning of all, of all of this because, as a Star Wars fan, you're rooting for a good product. You want something really well done. And I, what kind of fueled some of this is I went back and, and over the last couple of years, the, the tone has shifted big time. By the way. Because now you have YouTubers, big-time YouTubers. I don't mean just Star Wars Theory. I mean other people who will kind of shrug their shoulders and say, yeah, you know what, there are some planning issues. There was some stuff going on. But had you have said that out the gate after the first movie, the second, or the third, like you were getting kind of like this bombardment. And we're not negative guys. We don't like to kind of – it's really – we don't normally do this. We're not normally talking about this type of thing. We talk about what we love in Rebels. We're always uh, theorizing and making predictions and stuff like that. But I, I guess it's sort of like when you look back, and the, one of the reasons you have critics and people have rotten uh, tomatoes or whatever, right? Uh, film critics is to go in and kind of say, "Hey, I mean, I don't know. Like some movies do better because they they, they make more because they make more sense. It's a right. better product." And and things like that. Star Wars made good money because it's Star Wars, but really the reason we can't make like we can't go beyond it it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like the some of the sequels doesn't make sense. Look. So, well, and and here's and here's the and here's the thing too is, you know, cuz we have been critical of of Kathleen Kennedy for the for the handling of the sequel trilogy. And I think that the sequel trilogy itself, again, we have brought this up several times where it's like actually ev- just about everything outside of the sequel trilogy it, since Disney has bought Star Wars has actually been pretty great. Yeah. To be entirely, I mean, entirely honest. Rebels, The Mandalorian, a lot of the stuff that's going on in the comics, the novels, Rogue One, we loved Solo, obviously The Mandalorian. I know I said that, mm-hmm. but I mean, my God. Re emphasize like it, yes. The best thing, uh, best, thing they've, best thing they've ever done. Um, you know, some of the games, hit or miss, whatever. Um, you know, and then now Visions. I mean, Visions has actually Visions is actually the best to me is the best step outside. I mean, outside of the Mandalorian, um, Visions is the best is actually sort of groundbreaking to be entirely honest, because it's the first time that this that Disney's Star Wars has said, "Hey, we're okay." Really, kind of opening opening the doors mm-hmm. on on this thing. Um, which is great because that's our best chance at getting a lot of the stuff that we want back as like extended universe fans yeah. and in legends fans of, of, because that's our best, that is sort of our best bet of, you know, and actually giving it to sort of directors and stuff and saying, Hey, here you go, do what you want with star Wars. You're sort of limited to, to this. It needs to be an original story, all this stuff. Um, 
and I think that is great. The you know, and so it's it's stumbling blocks, right? I mean, Marvel has gone through the Marvel went through the same thing. Even Disney's, even Disney's owning of Marvel. I know we look at it and we say it's so great, but there's a lot of things I can point to uh, in Disney's Marvel. Marvel uh, since they since they bought it and actually say I don't know actually you know there are there's a, there's there are a lot of criticisms you could say as great as Avengers Endgame and everything was mm-hmm. um the you know the Hulk the Incredible Hulk movie first one you have Edward Norton he's recast yeah. you know yeah. they get Mark Ruffalo it's good but it was sort of one movie it wasn't that great mm-hmm. um a lot of people a lot of people hate Iron Man three I actually like it but a lot of yeah. people have that a lot of people have that as one of their worst of the Avengers movies. Uh, uh, Age of Ultron is usually is right. kind of like panned, and that's what most people consider to be in like by far the worst Avengers movie, but probably one of the worst Marvel move like MCU movies. Period. Um, the general lack of the of any of the of the characters that Mar- that Disney wasn't able to acquire. Uh, I mean, sure, yeah, you know, a bit a huge part of the Civil War in the comics is the X Men. I mean, the, that's an enormous part of it because the whole sort of having to register and everything that's like the X Men's whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, as great as that is, I mean, we consider how, that it's such a fantastic movie. Yeah, but we never got Hugh Jackman's Wolverine with Robert Downey Jr. and like Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, my God, imagine Patrick Stewart. I mean, imagine how amazing, mm-hmm. how much how much better Avengers would have been had they been able to get you know the the full sort of Marvel rights, um, which they they didn't have. They had to bring in Spider Man late and sort of redo it and all this stuff. And right, so right, so there are certainly there are certainly stumbling blocks. Uh, there, uh, sort of, sort of, sort of as well. Um, but to bring it back to Star Wars, you know, I've now post Rise of Skywalker, I feel good about Star Wars. I feel like I feel like I feel like we're in a good place. Yes. EA no longer has a monopoly, which is great. Right. Uh, over over the video games, um, you know, but even that High Republic, we'll see. Still got yeah. still got some 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 ground to yeah. cover, but so. We do feel good about Star Wars, but now it's time to go back a little bit. As... It's a history. It's a, it's <laughs> and, a history lesson. It, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's it is it's it's time to go back. And I think actually, I think we'll sort of we're going to be jumping around on the t- on the timeline a bit a, a a bit here because we have sort of been I myself has been sort of critical, I guess of. The Last Jedi, and I've always sort of felt like it is the the problem in the puzzle of the of the sequels. But the more I've watched, the more I've gone back. I think I owe I think I owe some of these people an apology. The last the super Last Jedi fans, which a lot of them are out there. Yeah, a lot of people love that. A lot of people love that Luke had that. Right. I don't know. The more I think about it now, the more I think the Rise of Skywalker might be the might 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 be the issue well it, it to me and very simply again um this is we're, we're going down this route here so there's the force awakens there's an overcorrection, and then there's a double overcorrection, which just takes it i mean it's that reminds me of of, of, the, of the time i flew into the cornfield i i i went off the road on the right I overcorrect, uh, I overcorrected, and then I recorrected and shot into a cornfield. That's what this feels like. It's three moves off the road, 
back on the road and then jerk it to get back in the right lane and, and you're gone. So anyway, let me start with something real quick. Let me just start with the Disney acquisition here and let me just take you back on a history lesson. And, and let's go over what was said about The Force Awakens and then go into The Last Jedi here. So this is just to kind of recap and this okay. stuff is all out there. So Disney acquires this. It's in May uh, 2011. Right, you've got Bob Iger there asking Lucas if he'd be willing to sell the company. Lucas considers it. Um, he's, he's retiring and so on. We know how that all goes down, right? So, um, yeah, Lucas asked Kathleen Kennedy to launch this. Now, this is not a Kathleen... Ki Kathleen Kennedy does something really right here in the beginning of all of this, and it's awesome. But it's, it's, it's sort of like she suggests something that would have been great for the trilogy sequ sequels, like she does, but the person doesn't bite. And she doesn't correct, and she just kind of, it's the next step where, where, where we make a mistake here. So let me read it to you, all right? Um, so he's, yeah, so Lucas, Lucas gives them, by the way, George Lucas gives them story outlines. They create something called story group. This is what I didn't know. I remember when story group was super important, right? They're all in a room, and they're kind of talking about what they want to do. What are some things that they should, that they should maybe try? Uh, let's see. Yeah, while, they, while, while he was in New York uh, for The Daily Show, Lucas asked Kathleen Kennedy to lunch. He asked if she would be the co-chair for Lucasfilm, yada, 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 all that good stuff. Um, during this time, Lucasfilm began the early development of Episodes 7, 8, and 9, hiring writer Michael Arden to, become, uh, or to begin working on Episode 7 with Lawrence Kasdan as a consultant. So... Okay, after making an appearance at Star Wars Celebration uh, 6 in late August, Lucas took Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher to lunch. We, we've heard about this, told him what's going on, etc. Lucas finally, um, he finalizes his contract with Iger in June 2012, at which point the two companies enter into a five months of, of negotiations and it's sold and all that good stuff for four point or for four billion dollars. Uh, okay. During the buying process, Lucas had completed the outline for the trilogy and agreed to send them to Iger, uh, who they, they buy this, right? So they say, sure, we're going to, we're going to buy this. Um, let me move on down here. Production. So this is where, this is where it, this, this, this takes off. Okay. So in late 2012, Lucasfilm assembled a think tank that included, uh, that includes Michael Arden, who wrote the initial script. This guy writes the initial script for episode seven, Carrie Hart, uh, Lawrence Kasdan, Pablo Hidalgo, and Simon Kinberg, who, all right, these are this is your your think tank, your group, right? They're working on stuff, and they're throwing ideas. They're meeting at Skywalker Ranch, uh, Big Rock Ranch. Kathleen Kennedy pops in from time to time. They're eventually called Lucasfilm Story Group, and it's Carrie Hart tells the Hollywood Reporter it was a very collaborative process. All these conversations taking place around a big whiteboard. Um, it was very much about putting ideas on the board and exploring together. There were millions of things that we were bouncing around and abandoned. Uh, Lucas, George Lucas, was also set to advise, right? He stepped away due to the departure from his original outline. So they start departing from that. He steps out. However, the creative team did use some of his outlines as starting points and they retained certain elements, but they developed their, their own kind of idea. So um, Michael Ardent is the one writing that initial kind of idea here. And his, his initial idea was that Leia uh, had worked to rebuild the Republic and she was pushed out of politics due to the public revelation that her father had been Darth Vader 
and that was later used as a plot point for the novel Bloodline, okay? So Bloodline, the whole, I mean, Claudia Gray writes that, but the major plot point in that is actually given by Ardent, who, who says, you know, Vader is her father. It's revealed to the, it pushes her out of politics, etc. Here we go. January 2013, J.J. Abrams joins the group. They're meeting at Bad Robot, uh, Kathleen Kennedy's office. Uh, then it's announced he's the director. Uh, Kasdan, uh, he, he recounts this situation in New York, in the, to, to the New York Times. He says, quote, they were getting close to when they were supposed to start production, Matt. They were getting close to when they were, they were going to start production. And he says, quote, we had nothing. We had nothing. So they came to me and said, will you do this with JJ? We told Michael and he's good with it. I said, all right, it was just us. They got rid of everybody. That already is not set, is not setting, a, you know, you, you sat around for two years and threw ideas and came up with the bloodlines plot point. And that, by the way, that that's never featured or touched on in the films at all, like about Vader and Leia and, and all of that. So they totally went in a different direction. Kazdin and JJ start working on this thing. Okay, despite laying the groundwork for the sequel trilogy, Abrams and Kasdan did not uh, devise a firm plan for the next two movies. Kasdan says, quote, we should have, but we didn't. We thought, uh, what we thought uh, was it was a big enough job to wind up with something we really liked. So basically saying there that like, you know, it was it was a big enough job just to come up with episode seven, <laughs> which most people would mm. criticize and say they just stole or took a lot of the original trilogy ideas. Uh, quote, nothing is settled at the end of this movie. So that suggests that episode eight and nine can go where they want. But we did not say um, we had to lay that out. That's someone else's job. And Matt, I'll say it to you like this. That's what Ma that's what Maz says. Right. Which is that's a story for another time. And from that yes. point forward, I'm going to that that's where I'll stop on that. From that point forward, it became that's a story for another time or for another director or for someone else. Now, the, my point to Kathleen Kennedy, she asked before all this started, before they started with J.J. and she announces him as the director. She asked him, could you direct all three films? He gets into this process and he says, no, I cannot. So she hired him. I don't know if maybe he kind of. Maybe he, he hinted he would do all three films, and so she went with him, but he says he can't do all three. And then she says, well, let's just do three different directors. But there is no overseeing person. You know, George Lucas oversaw the prequels, and he oversaw the originals. Why do they work? Why are they planned out? Because there's a showrunner. There's a trilogy runner. All the good, like, Game of Thrones, showrunner, right? Wheel of Time has a showrunner. Uh, all of these good shows. And... We, you looked up the trilogies that have people, you know, one person. It's the same. It's 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 the same core group because I mean, yes, George Lucas didn't direct uh, the original Star Wars trilogy. He didn't direct all the movies, but he is like he is the guy running the show. If you go back and you start looking at a lot of these trilogies and stuff like that, I mean, what makes them great? I mean, the Dark Knight trilogy, right? Batman Begins, uh, ba uh, the Dark Knight, and the Dark Knight Rises. It's all Christopher Nolan. Right, I mean, right. you have the same guy running the whole show, Peter Jackson, exactly. 
the Matrix, right? It's the I always forget their name. The brothers, whatever they are. The Was uh, out, uh, what um, are they called? Whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> those guys. Yeah. It's 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 those guys, right? It's it's the same. Is it the Coen Brothers? Maybe. I mean, I'll look, um, it, up. I'll look it up. No, the Coen Brothers are the guys behind Stranger Things. I think. Um. Is that it? Is the uh, Wachowskis or whatever Wachowski, they are? Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Wachowski brothers. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So. You know, it's the whole – you have this this group that's behind the whole deal, whereas this, they – there there wasn't – you. they should have hired somebody to do the whole thing. Okay. Said, you're going to do the whole the whole trilogy because – go ahead. Go ahead. So, so in the originals, people will say, you know, oh, George had different directors and stuff, and that is true. But go look it up. The screenwriter, director, and story for Star Wars was George. In the next movie – um, right, you have Kirshner as the director, but guess who is in there working on the story? George Lucas. Story by George Lucas. Uh, again, story by George Lucas for Return of the Jedi. The screenwriters write the actual, like, the back and forth and that kind of stuff, but they work with George. And George is actually the screenwriter for Return of the Jedi. He and Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan was also a writer in The Empire Strikes Back. So it's a good call that they had Lawrence Kasdan in working with J.J., the problem is, like, if J.J. doesn't want to, you know, d- write the whole thing, sign Lawrence Kasdan up. Make him the right. screenwriter. And George, for- and, and, George, and George produced, wrote, and directed the prequels. All of them. All of them. Exactly. So it doesn't make sense. I get why she, like, different directors is one thing, but those directors had different producers, and they they went in their own direction, and there was no... Like, yes, they had meetings, and JJ says that. We had meetings with their team, but Ryan had his own story to tell. Whose job is it to go in there and say, wait a second, we set up plot points that need to go forward? You know, and that's that's where, so I love what Kathleen Kennedy did out the gate, which is to say, bring in Lawrence Kasdan. Story group was all over the place. They had a, they said it. Carrie Hart said she had a, they had a million ideas they were throwing at a whiteboard, and they went with the one idea that makes it out is in a book called Bloodlines. And they scrapped all of it. Lawrence Kasdan said production's about to start and they had nothing. I mean, maybe he's, I don't know. Maybe that's out of contact. I don't know, whatever. But like they bring him in to essentially go over this with JJ and just go at it. And they do set up a great mystery box, right? They set it up and they say this could go in any possible direction. Okay. It's just that like the evidence that was laid there, it just doesn't, we don't see the storylines kind of continue except for Ben Demption, possibly, in... The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in that that the the lack of a cohesive sort of core group over the whole deal is the ultimate failure because of it. Because each movie feels different. It feels sort of it's a puzzle that doesn't fit together. And I have actually said I think that Rise of Skywalker sort of fits. It's like it's like Last Jedi is the one that doesn't fit. But you and I, but I have also said that Last Jedi and Force Awakens does fit. So really, maybe they should have just continued on. They should have hired somebody who said, "You need to finish from here." Instead of doing this big course correction and trying to just fan service everything into the Rise of Skywalker, because the whole sort of the whole sort of thing just doesn't doesn't fit. And that's and I have also sort of. Just always been like, well, Force Awakens is great, but that's not to say that Force Awakens doesn't have its own 
issues sort of, you know, as well. This is not to say the originals don't have them, but it's just the originals have are just we have them on such a high pedestal. Yeah. That it's sort of like, well, anything that happens in those is perfect because it is it is what it is. And you have to sort of adapt everything else around there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, where do we begin as? Uh, OK, <laughs> I mean, let me let me start with a couple <laughs> questions I had. OK, so coming out of watching the rise of Skywalker. Um, it made me kind of say, did J.J. Abrams know who Ray's parents were when he wrote The Force Awakens? The answer is no. He said Lawrence Kasdan and him had ideas. It could have been a Kenobi. Maybe it was a Palpatine. Uh, she, you know, it, it could have, she could be a Skywalker. She could be anything, right? Ryan Johnson says she's no one. Because my next question is, did Ryan Johnson know who, who her parents were? He did know the answer. The answer is yes. If you ask Ryan, yeah, her parents are no one. I told you guys that. And then they changed it, right? So those are some of my questions. Um, then you get into the like the, like the nitty gritty, like okay, um, did Ryan Johnson when he wrote the Last Jedi know that Palpatine was still alive? No, he did not. And Snoke was not like when Ryan is writing his movie, when JJ is writing his movie, like, I mean, there is some type of connection with JJ saying like Palpatine could still be. Like spirit, essence, something could, could be there. They set up a lot of mystery boxes and things that you could go in a lot of different directions. But when you come down to Ryan Johnson writing Snoke, go look at the Last Jedi novelization, which Ryan Johnson worked with Jason Fry on, and they, they, they worked through some of that stuff. There's extra extended scenes in that book. And even just some of the stuff that Snoke says in The Last Jedi, clearly it's not Palpatine speaking through him. And that's what doesn't work when you don't write a movie with a, a conclusion or you don't know where it's going to go. And I've seen people say, well, a, a lot of stories do that. I, I man, I, I, I don't know. That, that doesn't seem right to me. You know, like an author wants to foreshadow towards the end of their story. They want to lay in some hints and clues to the reader or to the viewer that's gonna, they're going to be rewarded later on. And when you don't hint any of those things and you don't take us down that that uh line of thought in the last jedi then it feels fake it doesn't feel real it feels contrived it just feels uh i don't know and it, it just it kind of sucks because and i wanted i told you i promised you i would do this that all along the way as I, as I talk about this stuff i love ray i love the force jump over kylo's thing i love that she and kylo have the connection the dyad and the force thing and she can pass him a lightsaber and they developed that and continued that from the Force Awakens through The Last Jedi, so on, right? I feel like Ben Demption arc was there. They knew what they were going to do with that. Like, that seemed to be, from the get-go, the one thing that really you can see all the way through. Ben Demption happening, possibly. Although I don't know, because there is a little twist right there in The Last Jedi where it's like, they basically, when you kill Snoke and you slap Hux around like you do, and the only villain at the end is Kylo Ren, and there's no one behind him, it makes it hard to do a redemption arc what does he come back from and who then takes his like you know what i mean it, it became difficult and that's right. why they created palpatine that's exactly why they said palpatine's back because there were no villains left except for kylo and i think ryan thought kylo's the bad he's going that that direction so who didn't tell him that we're no we're doing bendemption why would you set him up to be the ultimate bad because colin trevorrow i think has him as the ultimate bad and even brings in possibly a mortis god Right. And, and, and stuff like that. Right. And Colin says, I, I don't have Snoke. I don't have Luke. I don't have Han. I just have Leia, which is which was going to be fine. But then she passes away. Carrie Fisher. But 
the villain, man. I mean, so anyways, yeah. Right. Oh, no, we're, we're going to dive into it. You know, as I just, I'm just thinking here, um, you know, because one of the things that I have said is one of the reasons I appreciate Rebels more than Clone Wars is because it's, it's new characters, it's original stories, and they get to sort of go in almost whatever direction they want. They are sort of hard capped to, you know, certain things they can and cannot include, right? And they're also sort of, they can't have them go do whatever they want. Like the Rebels can't be the ones who go defeat Palpatine. Um, you know, so you know going in, there's this is gonna be a cool story, but they ultimately can't take down the big bad guy. Um, you know, Rogue One is extremely hard capped to the, the span of like you get like a week. That's like your, you know, this is the time in in the movie that you can basically tell a story. Um, and you know, you, characters are probably gonna die in the end, and this is what you have to do. Mandalorian might actually be. I think the Mandalorian might even be the toughest story to tell because you're so close to the originals. You're just far away enough from the sequels that you can you can kind of do stuff, but at the same time you kind of can't. So I think the Mandalorian is almost the toughest story to tell. With this, it's the 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 gas pedal is wide open. You can put a yeah. pedal to the metal. You can do whatever you want. Yes, there is no. You can write whatever story you want. It just has to make sense. You are. You are not capped in any way. It is pedal the metal. You can do whatever you go 100 miles an hour you want to. And instead, we talked about this. They just sort of kick the can down the road. And then so many things just get sort of passed over and passed over and passed over. And some of that is fine, right? Like in Star Wars, there's actually quite a bit of stories that have almost never been told. Sure. Yes. Um. But they're done in ways that make them sort of interesting. Like, there's so much mystique still to this day about Anakin's birth. Yeah. And Anakin's – and it was – who was – did it Palpatine create him? Did Plagueis create him? Was he just the Force? Is somebody actually his actual dad? There's so much mystique around it. Um, and it's never been answered, but it's it's – it's told to us in a way that, well, it is important that we. It's almost important that we don't know. It's like the mystique is 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 what is important about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's other things that are fan theories that have never been sort of told, um, but but they've you know things that have been hinted at here and there and things like that. But you know, in this. They dance around things and then try to make them feel important and then tell you they're not important and then say, oh, wait, no, actually, we messed up. They were important. And then the execution of it is sort of like, well, okay, we have to scrap. We have to scrap this all together in the last two seconds. So it's like, what were we actually supposed to think? We don't know. Because you don't know, <laughs> well, right? Yeah, like Ray's, like Ray's, Ray's parentage. Okay, when she, you're a nobody. You're, it's okay. Okay, all right. So the first thing, the first thing we're doing, we're going through, and we get to the end of Rise, we get to the end of Force Awakens, and Luke sees Ray, and we're thinking, oh my god, this is his daughter. He knows, right? Whole deal. We get to the second movie. No, you're, a, you're no one. It's not like it's whatever. Okay, cool. We get to the end. All right. Anybody can become a Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Broom boy, whole deal. Then we cut back. No, actually, you're a Palpatine. Wait, what? Yeah. 
Like, yeah. where was the foreshadowing for that? Why is that important? Yeah. And then you and I were talking earlier. I mean, not to not to shift and go in a different direction here, but this whole movie is they're talking about the importance of family. And really, it's not just family. It's sort of like the the bond of like your friends can be your family. Like Luke considers, you know, Luke and Lando says like, well, you know, family, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But then Lando meets a girl at the end that might be his actual daughter. So wait, is it actually blood family that's important or is it not? Yeah. Or, you know, and that's, and that's the, that's the tale of the whole thing is, is this important or is it not? Is this something that's going to matter or is it a story for another day? D is what Finn has something very important to tell to tell Ray. But oh wait, I'll tell you later. And then Poe asks him again later, "Hey, what were you going to tell him?" Uh, it's not important. Right. It's like it's like it's like it's like he, it's like we're it's like you got a dog and you're like, "Here's a treat. If you sit, okay, and the dog sits and then you say, "No, you don't get a treat." And then you offer it to him again, and then you pull it back out. Well, eventually the dog's going to be, yeah, I'm trusting well, you. And, and when you have to go to an interview for, for with a director after the show at some point, and he says, "Oh, he was forced. He was going to tell Ray he was force sensitive." Like, and I mean, I guess like again, you talk about the fan service thing, and just just throwing that in there and making that a thing. That's that's cool. I hope we get more and we we go beyond, you know, and and we can firm up some of this story. But for example, I mean, like like you said, it. This is the Skywalker saga. And at the end of this, I told you this last night, at the end of the Skywalker saga, you have a Palpatine fighting a Palpatine. That's how the right. Skywalker family saga ends. Okay? It is Palpatine versus his granddaughter. That, my friend, is, is actually crazy. Ben Solo is literally kicked off and literally just, say, he comes back. Ben Solo doesn't say a, a word, by the way, other than ow. Um but like he comes back and saves Ray, and then he becomes one with the Force, and the Skywalker bloodline is done and over. It it is just right. actually kind of, and again, Ray is a Skywalker, and I, I whatever. I mean, that's fine. She's trained by Skywalkers. Maybe Finn's a Skywalker too. Maybe he's, if he's trained by Ray, he's a Skywalker as well. I don't know. Well, apparently, well, apparently everybody who who feels the Force in this movie, which by the way, they change a lot of the 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 nature of the Force. Uh, like some of the things I didn't even really realize until I watched this again. Uh, like all of the people on the forest moon, or the, the Jesus, I wish it were the forest. I moon. wish it were the too. ocean. The, the ocean moon of Endor are like, well, we left the Empire because of the. Basically, they're like, well, because we just had a feeling that we should. It's like the Force told them to leave, to leave the Empire, not you know, like their conscious, which was what happened to Finn. Which was Finn was like, hey, this is bad. Like, I don't want to kill people. I can't remember. He can't pull his trigger. It's actually something really cool in The Force Awakens when Finn, like, gets sort of gun shy and he's got the blood on his helmet and he's like, I got to get out of here. I just can't. I can't. I can't. You know, I can't do this anymore. I want to get as far away as I. I the, the whole his, his whole arc is he lies to Ray in The Force Awakens about being a stormtrooper because he feels so bad about it. And then in this movie, they're like, well, the Force told us to leave. What? Yeah, I, I know. I know. They're trying to, to explain some of that, like they're maybe force sensitive and, and they don't even flat out come out and say it. You just they're trying to get you to lead you down that that rabbit hole. You know, one of the things I thought, too, is like Finn, it is such a weird arc for Finn. Like he's the guy who does the right thing. Right. I mean, he's the guy who leaves the first order and joins the resistance tra like uh, is infatuated with Ray for, for some reason as like friendship or whatever. And it's Kylo Ren, Ben Solo at the end, 
who ends up with Ray, the guy who murdered his father, who's destroyed, you know, all these lives and, and everything. And like, that's the guy who ends up with Ray at the end. And, and Finn, uh, it just, it's so, I don't know, man. I saw, the, I saw, I saw this comment that says that Finn's entire arc is just stand is just, is just running and yelling Ray. Yes. Like the, and like, <laughs> Matt, he does it so many times in the last, in the, in the, in the rise of Skywalker and, and in every movie, every movie, it's just right, right. He's yelling that. And it's just like, and he's always running after her to try to be there and to help her and all this kind of stuff. And he has, he, you know, I don't know, man. It, it just, it, it, it's crazy. Like, well, yeah. Well, you know, one of the things, one of this, this, this is a question that I, uh, that I posed to you earlier and you said, I, I've never once seen that on, on the internet. Mm-hmm period get ready for this so the, i would I, this is something i was sort of i was sort of i was sort of thinking about so you know what it's one of the things that this movie does is you know it, by bringing palpatine back it sort of eliminates some of the the grandness i guess of 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 anakin you know vader be switching back to anakin throwing palpatine off and killing him right mm-hmm. For family, right? That's the whole deal. Is Luke Skywalker okay? It all starts. Let me go back to Episode One. Okay, all right. Episode One. Anakin doesn't want to leave, and he, he, you know, he doesn't want to leave his mom, but he does. He feels sad. He's going to miss her. It's the whole deal. He almost doesn't get accepted as a Jedi because, well, they actually say they don't want him because of his connection to his mother. Yeah. Right. Then he sort of begins to get Qui-Gon as a father figure. This Dave go watch Dave Filoni Mandalorian. Nobody can can explain it better than him in that in the Mandalorian breakdown, the uh behind the scenes of it, season one. Qui-Gon dies, and now he has to move on to becoming a Jedi. He loses that father figure, and now he's he's training with Obi-Wan, who he considers his brother. In Star Wars episode two, Attack of the Clones. Anakin goes back to try and save his mom because he's having nightmares of her through the force, right? And he gets there late and she dies. And he this is his his real descent into the dark side. You begin to see it here when he kills, you know, the 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 Tuscan Raiders um because of his mom has just died. And this is what causes him in episode three to be that much more overprotective of Padme because I will not lose you. Mm-hmm. I what even if I have to turn to the dark side, I will not lose you. Yeah. Does turn, you know, Pad obviously Padme dies after he goes to, to the dark side. Anakin literally kills younglings in this movie. And I know we joke about it a lot, but just but just sort of just keep this in mind, okay? In episode four, you know, on the Death Star, Vader and and Tarkin, right, blow up a planet and and kill, you know, billions of people probably mm-hmm. on this on this planet that is Princess Leia's planet. Yeah. Okay. Then when we get to episode five, he has his first sort of encounter with Luke, and Luke doesn't really realize who he is yet, obviously. And then he does. He does at the end. Luke gets his hand cut off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. In episode six. Vader offers Luke the ability to defeat, join me, defeat the Emperor, and we can rule the galaxy together. Mm-hmm. This is the same man who just cut off his hand, who he saw kill his friend Obi-Wan Kenobi, who he knows blew up his sister's home planet and has killed, you know, billions of people. Mm-hmm. He froze his friend, his friend Han Solo in carbonite, yeah. and he's with the Emperor. Yeah. And the Emperor then, as I was saying, strike him down, and you can have whatever basically whatever you want. And Luke says, no, no, 
because there is <laughs> nothing. There is quite literally nothing more important to me than my family. And remember, he just really sort of met his dad, you know, for the first time. This is all new. Even though his dad is a absolutely terrible, terrible, terrible person. Now, Luke has grown up with his family, all right? So this is one of the things that causes everyone in The Last Jedi to be so upset is when Luke sort of turns on Ben. Right. Right. And is going to is going to strike him down. That's just have that in your mind before we jump into this next part. But just sort of that is something that the sequels do that a lot of people had a huge issue with, which the lot the uh the last Jedi, me especially. That and hey, even uh Sam Whitworth, right? Star Killer, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Uh, he had a major <laughs> voice issue. acting, major issue for it. And that's my that's probably that is by far my most uh big issue with yeah. with The Last Jedi. Me too. But anyway, so keep that in mind. So then we get to the rise of Skywalker, okay? And the only thing we've actually had of Rey this entire time is how desperate she is to search for her family, mm -hmm. okay? So in the la in Force Awakens, once she's on the ship with Han Solo and everybody, she's like, I got to go back because I got to go wait, continue to wait, which I've been doing every day for my life for my family to come back. Okay, mm -hmm. she begins to sort of make friends, all this stuff. <clears throat> you know, in the next movie, she, you know, is told by she's offered the chance to join Kylo Ren, says no. Um, he tells her, you know, that she's a nobody. Your your parents were nobodies. They were they were junk, junk traders. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the movie, you know, she goes, Shavi, she goes and she meets Luke and all this stuff. She go she, at the end of the movie, she sees. Finn and Rose sort of talking. And then she sort of kind of left there by by herself, which I've always actually thought was a really good scene mm -hmm. because it was like, okay, cool. We're build. This is building mm -hmm. into, into something that could be cool. Then we get to the rise of Skywalker and she actually finds out that she is a Palpatine who she's never met. Mm-hmm. She knows absolutely nothing about, mm -hmm. and she gets there, and she does not, for a split second, try to turn him to the light side. Yeah. Now, you <laughs> could tell me, you could tell me, oh, but Palpatine, everybody knows Palpatine is the ultimate evil, and everybody doesn't know that Darth Vader is the ultimate evil. I mean, Darth, as well, a, let me, did I just, did I just explain what Darth Vader did? Yeah. He blew, like, blew up Alderaan yeah. and kill, and we literally see him kill younglings. And Luke still says, I'm going to bring you to the light side. Right. Matt. Ray, real quick, Ray actually has already shown us in these three movies that she's more concerned about her family early on than Luke is. And she just gets there and is like, well, I just got to take Palpatine down. She doesn't, there's not a question about you're my grandfather, you're my pa my parents, any of it whatsoever. And there's not even a split second of her asking him anything about like your family, yeah. like why don't you turn good or anything. And it's no, it is no different. I mean, Vader is just as evil at that point as, as at Palpatine. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem is that they brought, the villain. So, okay, two things. Okay, Obi Wan and Yoda also didn't didn't see the light or the good in Vader that Luke saw in his father. 
right? Remember, right. they sent Luke to kill him. We've got to we have to kill Vader. So that so that that backs up your whole point that Luke through all of that, even Jedi masters couldn't see it, right? But he saw it. It's a connection there. He saw the conflict in his father, right? I sense it, the good, the light in him, and that's that's who Luke is, and that was taken away from us in the Last Jedi. But now you get to this this point with Rey. The reason that it almost doesn't like they put themselves in a hole here is because you took the bad guy from the prequels and the originals and you made that that guy who basically I mean at, at that point he was the ultimate bad. He's the guy who he's the pure Sith Lord. There's it's just it's pure he represents pure evil and there's no way that you can alter it. It's something you just have to fight and combat. But now this person that's her grandfather. And the whole story has been about like Leia bringing her son back from the dark, Luke bringing his father back from the dark. Ray now has to fight her grandfather, who's a Sith Lord, and it's just like it, it is it is crazy. And it's like vengeance. I mean, she first goes there and it's about hate and she wants to kill him and stuff like that. And then she does say, I'm not gonna hate you, you know, that that sort of thing. I know she you knows that. nothing about him. I know. Well, actually, Matt nothing. He offers her the throne. He says right. like he wants to make her the Sith Empress type of thing, right? I mean, he wants to be one with her. That's also a little bit weird, right? That he wants his essence to bond with her and take over her body and stuff like that. That's and, yeah, that's kind of weird. You know what I mean? It, like it, and so it's tough because it's just like her parents are killed. I mean, it, I don't know. It you can't have that same. I get the idea that she she can just be her own. She can pick her own family, right? You, you know, sometimes you're born into a family like that, and it's it's really bad or whatever. But as you said, there's not even an, an attempt there, and it's just because it's a given that Palpatine is that bad, you know, and that's supposed to be taking her as far as you can away from what she wants. She wants belonging, and she thinks she wants that with family. Her family's dead, and so now she finds it in Finn and Poe and the Resistance, and that's that's okay. But it's like, I it's just it's. It's just odd, and it's just um, I don't know. It's it's so I don't know, man. It just doesn't feel bad. It just doesn't feel like <laughs> I don't feel good about. It. I mean, I, like I'm I'm cool with her choosing her own family and stuff and think things. It's just like it's Palpatine and who's who's Ray's mom, who's Ray's father. None of that mattered. It didn't matter. I mean, it, it like her grandfather. That's like that. That that can honestly be the thing you say about most of it. Is that is that is that none of it, none of it mattered. Matt, yeah, right. And that that is that is that is unfortunately sort of the theme of, of of that of of this movie, and then it sort of it it, it, it sort of forces essentially the whole trilogy to be kind of to be you know sort of sort of viewed um as this and again you know that comes into you know we knew that there's we there's the jj cut right where we know he wrote some movie that got panned and they said no and you want to do it differently and colin trevorrow's movie um so you know it's sort of unfair to put it all i guess on on you can't say it's all jj abrams fault but it's ultimately the final product we got is unfortunate because the the thing about the the thing about the the sequel trilogy as a pro as opposed to the prequels is the prequels have things in them that George himself even said well it's too much mm -hmm. right like it, it it's too much I did I did I did I did too much 
Um, whereas the, the sequels have moments in them where they just like, well, we're just going to be different just for the sake of for the sake of being different. But then we're not different. But then, well, we kind of are. And, you know, like the, the prequels fault is that like Jar Jar is annoying. And in the second movie, the chemistry between Anakin and Padme is sort of weird. Um, and then really that's, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of lightsaber fighting and, you know, flipping around and some people think it's might, some stuff's a little too long, whatever. The, the sequels is that there's no payoffs for any of the story because it's a giant tug of war throughout the whole arc of the, of the, of the movies. I mean, the, it's a story for another day, Matt. One thing I just thought of, I want folks to think about this for a second. Okay. Who's the, who's the, who's the, who's the uh, enemy that we're fighting in the force awaken the, the force awakens. It's the first order in the second movie. It's the first order in the third movie. It's not, it's not the first order right. anymore. It's, and they're actually two separate factions. The first order is actually almost in opposition. Like, well, we have to, what do we do? Kylo Ren is actually like, I'm not going to put up with this threat. You know, the, the final order. Now, you go back to the contingency plan. Palpatine created the first order. The whole thing was burn it down Operation Cinder, create the first order in the unknown region right next to Exegol, where the final order is actually being prepped. And he is, and they're, they're two different things. Like, does that even make you know, sense? I don't know. Like, who do we? There's also. We fought the Empire. Four, five, and six, we fought the Empire. Okay. Then we had the Clone Wars, and we had the Separatists versus the. You know the, the the Republic, the Phantom Menace is there to to to, sep, to start all of that. Like this is is it's there is also by the way zero reason that Kylo Ren should not have just killed Palpatine right then and there. I mean there is there is zero reason whatsoever that Kylo Ren would not have just killed him. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, his his whole his whole deal is he wants to be Darth Vader, and Darth Vader kills Palpatine. He knows that. Luke obviously told him that all of that. He knows all of that. Pal- Palpatine at that point actually cannot offer Kylo Ren literally. Kylo Ren already has the First Order. He is winning the war. The Resistance, they even say in that movie that Poe even says when we called out on uh, the the ice planet, crate. The, whatever, yeah. the crate. When we called out on a crate, nobody showed up. Yeah. So we already know that the First Order is, is about to win. There's nothing – if he kills Palpatine right there, then the final order doesn't even happen. And there's literally no reason whatsoever that he should then start to work for Palpatine. Yeah. makes no sense. It's all about like, – Palpatine wants the scavenger, right? So then that's what he. That's why he sent Ochi, and it's all about finding the scavenger. And then – because they tried to tie it into like Snoke, who's the girl? Bring her to me, you know, that kind of thing. But then Kylo, like you said, he's right there. He goes to seek out Ray because he wants Ray secretly, but right. kill Palpatine, and and then that way you don't have to worry about like even as a dark side guy, he 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 says he he is not. She says to him in the movie, "So you have a new master?" And he's like, "No, right? Like he's not my master, and I I I'm the supreme leader. Join me when I offer you my hand next." She has a vision of her and Ren sitting on the Sith throne together. It has nothing. He he has no. Uh, like he doesn't want to join forces with Palpatine. He has control. He is the supreme leader of the First Order. Palpatine actually emerges out of nowhere and challenges him. That's a challenge, right? Like it doesn't even make sense necessarily. He has his own fleet, his own commanders, the own thing. 
but yet, and the first order is out here. Well, like, wh- why even have the first order? Was it just to occupy the resistance? And no one knew he was out there in Exegol. I mean, he was safe, right? He's safe. He could build his fleet until this point and not even have needed the first order as a distraction to the resistance or whatever. Does that make sense? Like, why right. does it? Why does Palpatine need the first order when he has the final order? Because that wasn't the plan, Matt. The plan was he created the the first order because they're coming out of the his contingency right. plan. But right, well, the whole deal is Palpatine ultimately wants Ray, which this is the most absurd thing about the whole movie. Is now like I I don't know why I guess I just never really it's one of these things where once you go back and rewatch it and start reading what some of these other people said because I actually never really went online and read what a lot of other people said and what some of the criticisms of this movie were and then it really got me to start thinking and I was like wow I never really thought of things in this way but yeah the whole movie is a, is an unnecessary fetch quest in the first place for starters why Palpatine goes to Exegol for he doesn't he doesn't he's out there nobody knows how to get there he does. The whole Sith holocron business in the first place is incredibly stupid. I mean, I know in the comics he makes it so Vader can figure it out and get there and whatever. Right. The, w- the Wayfinder, yeah. The Wayfinder, yeah. right. The whole deal is he just wants Rey, uh, I mean, just as a movie, right? Like, as 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 a movie, because all the Vader getting to Exegol is, like, new. That's that's brand new. That's like, hey, we got to fill in the gaps so this makes sense yeah. in that comic because that came out way later. But I mean, just as a movie, why can't Exegol just be like, I don't know, one of those other old Sith planets? Mm-hmm. Why does it have to be way out in the unknown regions and it's hard to get to? And why, like, it's just, it's, it's, ju- it's literally just to make us go run around and, and do stuff that's entirely unnecessary. Like, if you cut out a lot of that stuff, then you can fill in the rest of the movie with like good character development. We actually, we don't, like, we don't, you can have, Kylo, like the Kylo Ren Ray fight that happens on Endor, mm-hmm. the forest moon, the Jesus, the ocean moon of Endor, <laughs> could have happened quite literally anywhere else. They already fight like yeah. two other times, so you don't need that. Um, it's is it literally just to go find Lando's daughter or whatever, so we can sort of like have this cool horse scene on a freaking star destroyer, so we can have horses on a star destroyer led by BB-8. I mean. You don't even it's it's unnecessary. Yeah. The the you could have shown Ray using the force healing literally anywhere else. You know what would have been cooler? Ray accidentally force lightnings Chewie and almost kills him and then has to heal him. Then it then it's actually even better of a situation than her blowing up some random star ship Mm -hmm. transport ship only to then reveal that oh hey it's chewy wasn't actually on there only for the next scene to be like c-3po's memories are gonna get wiped oh wait no actually we're pretty good too so none of the bad stuff has consequences if she were to say accidentally kill um chewbacca and then have to go heal him yeah. Like yeah. you do it you do it that way where it's like she's fighting Kylo Ren and everyone's running and Finn can be running and yelling Ray so you can get that one in there too. Right? Since they're all kind of there anyway when she does the cool flip and you know mm-hmm. it's just to have that scene. If you do it then there where she does force lightning instead of the whole Chewbacca thing then it adds so much more. We don't need to go into this cave. We don't need the stupid Sith Wayfinder. We don't need any of that crap. And you can just have a scene. You can just have them say, we know he uh, Palpatine. We found out Palpatine's on Exegol. She can get that from Kylo in some sort of a vision or something. 
where if he can steal stuff from her to figure out where things are, she can steal stuff from him, you know, because she gets the necklace, all they're on Pasana, all that stuff, right? Through like their forced dyad thing, which that's another thing, uh, by the way, is Palpatine says when he was Snoke that he set up the connection mm -hmm. between Ray and Kylo Ren only for him to then act surprised about them being a forced dyad. It's like, I thought you set that up. Right, I know. Yeah, exactly. He's he's surprised by it, but yet Snoke was he's supposedly a puppet of his, which is crazy. Here's the other like you say it's a great it's a fetch quest. I mean, the da o Ochi's dagger just has never made sense to me whatsoever. Like Ochi is the Sith hunter who he can only make that dagger after the like um Death Star has the fallen, Death Star. right? And by the way, so he knew that the wayfinder was in there. So he makes a map for who himself on the dagger. Like, why does right. Ochi make a map on the dagger, his dagger what, for who? Why doesn't he just take, why doesn't he just take it and then just have it? And, well, why, yeah. Why doesn't he just, just, just acquire it? Can, can, can he not acquire it? Like it didn't make any sense as to why Ochi would have a map to this random location, you know, and, and I don't know. It's just so we. It's just so we can have a cool fight in the Death Star. That I mean, that's literally it. That is literally the reason. Yeah, and, and is that is that we can have a cool fight in the Death Star? There's no. There's there's no other logical reason for that. Yeah. The so much. So much. I guess like the, the only thing they sort of do, and again, this is completely unnecessary. Is the only sort of thing is that. You, you, they're trying to almost set up the whole deal where we're surprised at the very end when the whole, the whole fleet shows up, right? Because it's an exegol and nobody knows where it is, right? And so we have to figure out where this place is. But again, you could just say, "I have 16 hours before I launch this thing." Oh, we need to rally the troops to do this, and we, and you've already established that you didn't, you weren't able to get anyone. But then suddenly Lando appears on my, you know, it's like, "Hey, Cap, on my left," mm -hmm. just literally like Avengers. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and then, right. And, and then, and then he shows up with this, this whole huge fleet, which by the way, is still nowhere close to being enough to take out the 10,000 death star level, uh, star destroyers that are there. Yeah. Well, and, and okay. Something else too. Like Lando, I, I, God, I, I love that he's there, but Matt, he did not stay. I looked up on the timeline. They say that Lando stayed on Pasana. So he and Luke go to Pasana. To track down Ochi, they can't find him. His ship is right there. Ochi and this dagger that has a lot of like bad energy that Ray can feel, maybe because it's a personal connection because it's her parents. But Luke and and Lando can't find it because it's in the sinking fields. It's out in Lurch Canyon, right? It's out in freaking Lurch Canyon. Lando knows Maybe. it's out there. And Lando decides to stay in Pasana for 14 years. That just seems so unlike Lando. And that's in the visual dictionary. Like, it, it, you don't know why he stays there. It is a cool thing where Ray says, like, uh, Leia's looking for, like, Ray saying goodbye to Leia. And the moment she has, like, I, they worked that in. It was it was wonderful. Like, some of the stuff that's said between her and Lando is really cool. Um, Lando being in it at all is awesome. I mean, even bringing Han Solo back in to do the whole thing with, with Ben is, is really cool. Leia... Uh, being in carnal form until she becomes like a one with the force because of Ben and the connection there. That's all still a mystery and ties back into Mortis. Like there's some really cool stuff in there, but it just, I know people think it's like to like fix some of what Ryan did. 
they should have doubled down on what Ryan did. If you're going to let him go that route and you're going to do that, go. Go for it. Make Ray no one. Bring in Broom Boy. Start the Academy. Like, she was the last... See, who's the last Jedi, Matt? Is it Luke Skywalker, Ray, or is it Leia who's training Ray, or is it Ben Solo who comes back to the light? Who is the last Jedi? I, Broom Boy, I think. I, I don't. I don't. Is it Grogu? Is he still out there? I mean, that's that was one of the things. Like you set her up to be the last Jedi, and then like Leia laid down. She's not. She's training Rey, but yet she she stopped her Jedi training with Luke. She right. she laid down her saber because somebody would need to take it up one day, and you'd have to have two lightsabers to beat Palpatine in the end, and that was necessary. Um, it just doesn't it doesn't all the way work and it it feels rushed and it feels like it just isn't planned out and not thought out and you know when you read a good story and you read a good novel and we're we're reading Wheel of Time for example this really great 14 novel 14 novels by the way right the author- Oh there's issues with it don't get me wrong yeah Yeah there are but like the foreshadowing when you read the end you go back and you look at the beginning and you say oh my gosh they planted that seed for in the first novel or in the first movie, the first episode, and you're like, it's there, you can see it. And there's payoff later on. It's just not all it's not necessarily all always there. There are some things, like I said, like like uh Bendemption, and that's all I can think of. If you guys can think of more, let me know. Um Ray's parents, it's eventually answered. But were there any hints? Could you speculate? I mean, after I remember when we were doing the last Jedi speculation, after we were going into Rise of Skywalker, I had no idea where it was gonna go. And no one else did at Lucasfilm either. I remember we made that joke at one point. We're like, where is this going after The Last Jedi? And I was like, we have no idea and neither does Story Group or anyone else. And the the plain and simple fact is Daisy Ridley came out in an interview and she said at one point she was told she was going to be a Kenobi, possibly a Skywalker, and then a Palpatine. Like, things were changing that much that it's just... Don Monahan has come out and said like that uh, he's the the scientist for the resistance. He said, guys, a different movie was shot. Like a different movie was shot from JJ's perspective. And he came in and he tried to do different things. And even that was tampered with. And there were there were multiple endings and all sorts of stuff. And it's just like this is the stuff that George Lucas tried to avoid. The what the, when he wrote four and he went into five, he was like, I'm not dealing with the whole studio. Like I'm making my movie. I want to make my movie and the studios get in there, the executives and they want to change stuff. And based upon data that they have from polling or whatever. And we can sell more toys if we do this. And yeah. So I don't know, guys, I feel like I always feel bad when I, but for once I I was watching it and I was just like, there are cool things there. The forced dyad thing is even kind of cool. Like if you're, it's, you know, I mean, I don't know. People were saying there were, People were saying Ray didn't need right. a, a love interest out of like everyone was like harping on the Force Awakens like with Ray and Finn. She doesn't have to have a love interest. It ends up she had to in, in Lucasfilm, and it ends up being with Ben Solo uh, slash Kylo Ren, the guy who's you know the the villain or whatever. But it's just like I don't know, man. I just get uh, so so for one time, I guess I wanted just to kind of we Matt and I've been talking for 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 a couple of days, and we're beyond it's. it's We've we we have as and I as and I as and I off air have been doing. Do you know a, why? A, a, I'm I'm a fan of Star Wars and I love Mark Hamill. I love this cast and crew. I thought that they had a beautiful cast and the sets were good. All that kind of stuff, man. It just came down to a cohesive story. That was the one missing piece. Is just like writing the first movie, 
knowing, and, and you can say, well, that's not how you do stuff. You, you don't have a firm. Pl- no, it tells. It shows. JJ, uh, it, it does. And, and, and to, to Lawrence, I mean, I'm sorry, Kathleen Kennedy, like to, to everyone there, it's, oh, it is, they learned from it. It sucks that it was an early on thing. And if you ever heard me on this podcast talking about The Last Jedi, I defended it. I defended The Rise of Skywalker as single movies. They're good movies. But as a sequel trilogy, it, it has its flaws and its shortcomings. I'm not the only one who thinks that. You've got people that work for actors, voice actors. We brought up Sam Witwer, some of the things. It's just it's it's crazy. We didn't even bring up the whole fact that like what Star Wars theory argues a lot is that it defeats. I mean, bringing Palpatine back just takes away from Vader's success. It does. It, you know, it, Star Wars theory is one hundred percent, one hundred percent right. That's one of the things that really sort of irked me. But you know, the, I guess the the difference between the the difference is sort of between the two. And I guess one of the reasons I think I am now finally maybe finally seeing the light a little bit in Last Jedi is just. Is just it's the they should have. I almost feel now that they should have because I, I for for a long time I think I've tried to sort of said well Last Jedi is the is the weird piece because you have JJ here and you have JJ here and these two feel like they go together and this one didn't. But the fact of the matter is that you you still went that direction, so you've got to continue mm-hmm. in in that direction and. Light for better or for worse. I mean, then I think I also ultimately have to cut back a little bit on Rise of Skywalker and maybe give some more Last Jedi people some light because there there are things in all three that I like, and there are things in all three. And I know, and sometimes, and I actually think I should be a little more critical of The Force Awakens, even um, because I I still am irked to this day, and I it actually might be my single least favorite thing in Star Wars. Is that they show Luke at the very end? I to me, I I've never ever liked that ever. I've always thought that was bad um, because it was false advertising and it was pulling the wool over fans' eyes, and it was just so they could get Mark Hamill's name on there, and it was a total money grab by Disney, and it was hey, we've got Star Wars now, and I absolutely hated and I still hate it to this day and it's my least favorite moment in all of Star Wars is that the last is that the Force Awakens ends with Luke standing there um because then the last Jedi starts you know with Rey right then and there and Luke tosses the lightsaber and it's like here we're off to a bad start and you, even though there's an a, there's a total space battle thing going on on the other side and you could start with a space battle like you do every Star Wars like there are things in Star Wars, and I know that they they're kind of they that they do them a lot, like and so you oh you sort of fit into this mold. Like I got a bad feeling about this, right? Like stuff like that. Like that's fine that those things exist, and I love that those things exist because it is it is part of Star Wars. It, Star Wars is its own thing. It is different. It doesn't have to follow standard movie. Uh, things because in fact it created so many standard movie things. It set the bar and said, actually, you're wrong. Uh, not having, not having credits at the beginning of a movie. George Lucas got in serious trouble over that when he first did it because it was like, well, if you want your movie to air, you have to. It's part of the way it works. And he's basically uh, gave them the middle finger just like Eli Manning did the other night on Monday Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, did you see that by the way? Yeah. Have you seen the, yeah. the things of that? It's awesome, yeah, yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I wonder what the Disney execs think of that because that's on ESPN. Oh, so I don't, you know, <laughs> but um, right. Regardless, uh, it's sort of, it's just, it's just how it goes. So 
you know, there are things in all the movies as ultimately that I like and things and things that I dislike. I the battering ram cannon in last guy in the last Jedi still is just it's just a stupid name. Yeah, sure, and that's it's just yeah, it's, it's 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 just a stupid name, and it's one of the first things I think of when I think of when I think of that movie. And I know it's dumb, and I know and I know it's this tiny little thing, right. but it just irks me, and it just is what it is. Um, Canto bite, right? DJ, there's another kick the can down the road thing. What you could cut that out of the movie, and it would be fine. Matt, it's a story for another time, and it is a story for another time, and that's the issue with the, with the whole thing is it's a story for another time, and then when those stories don't pay off. Yeah. It really just sort of sets the whole thing yeah. up. I mean, I'd almost actually rather have – the bad part about it is it's a story for another time is better than – The story we got. Oh, we clearly – then then no, then clearly we didn't have a plan from the get-go. Because at least mm-hmm. then you're like, hey, we'll introduce something. Mm-hmm. Like you could have introduced like, I don't know, an idea that Palpatine could still be alive. Mm-hmm. In the from the get go, mm-hmm. yeah, you could have. All you have to do is say, "Does does Snoke serve anyone?" And then you just leave it ambiguous. Yeah, I mean that was the thing too. You could have even brought Snoke. I mean, you're like you kill Snoke, right? Darth Maul has been cut in half. People have been cut in half. Maybe there's someone like not Palpatine, but another Dark Lord, or like you could have pulled anybody from anywhere and just said it's this thing, it's this. Per-. But then to make it Palpatine. Just it feels, it's just you it could have been what? Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, listen to this. You pull. I mean, I don't know. You pull out. Snoke. Snoke is dead, and Snoke's master turns out to be a still full Sith, Mara Jade. Oh, and it turns out that Mara Jade's actually uh, Ray's mom in the final movie. Oh, and she was Luke's thing, and actually Luke thought she was dead. So it turns out Ray actually is Luke's daughter, but he didn't know it because she was clouded in dark side. And she energy took Ray away. Because and the whole thing, yeah. right? Because and you could say, well, how could Luke not know that? Well, I don't know. How did Yoda and and all these other people not know that? Palpatine is the freaking Sith Lord when he's sitting in exactly. the next, when he's when there's when they're when they're sitting next to each other at the dinner table. Exactly. I mean, come on now. Exactly. I mean. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know, man. It, it's and the thing is, like you said, I really won't, won't folks to know. And again, I, hopefully, you listen to our warning at the beginning of this. And if you're if you're not uh, if if you're not into hearing a, a, a an old fashioned critique of the sequels, you just clicked off, right? But if you stuck around this long. Ez loves Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Matt loves Star Wars. We've played Star Wars games. We've always talked about it growing up. It's just something we love. And the lesson, right. the takeaway here is you need cohesiveness and you need someone who's responsible all the way through. You need someone. And that's what Kathleen Kennedy tried to do. JJ, will you run all three of these? Will you oversee all three of these? They will never make that mistake again, I don't believe. Like if, when they said Ryan Johnson trilogy, that meant Ryan. From the first one to the second one to the third one, you're responsible to see it through. Not pass it off to the next guy. Let me read to you. Let me read to you one more thing. We'll close. I mean, we'll close with this, right? But Ryan Johnson hired in 2014 to direct episode uh, episode eight, and he writes the film largely in response to the Force Awakens with the help from Story Group. All right. So though Abrams uh, gave him suggestions on where he thought the story should go, as Abrams told. Uh, Larry Kasdan and I who wrote the script together definitely were setting up things and we were conscious of that which is really a weird opportunity and features to know that this is going to be the beginning of a three picture story so we were working on versions of what we 
uh, would have done or wanted to do and had meetings with Ryan and uh, producer Bergman um, very early on. And we went over what we were thinking, but also knew that Ryan had his own ideas coming in. He was going to take this thing in the place that he felt was right. And then they do another think tank after The Last Jedi. Colin Trevorrow comes in and he he writes Duel of Fates and they say, nah, creative differences. And they bounce. They bring JJ back. So like the, the lesson here is that you need someone who lays a foundation and sees it through to the end and doesn't just because I don't blame Ryan Johnson for just if he was told, just go write your own movie and make an awesome Star Wars movie. He did. He went out there and said right. one and done. And then, honestly, you know why he didn't write the next what you, uh, you can say scheduling conflicts and things like that? Do you know why he didn't write the next one? They, they only asked him. he didn't him, know. Exactly, because he didn't know, because they only asked him to do one movie. They said, we have Colin Trevorrow for the next one. After The Last Jedi comes out, they say, hey, Ryan, so where were you going to go with this? And he's like, well, that's for the next guy. That's what JJ told me. JJ said, nah, it's up to you, man. You take the story where you want. I laid... And then right. Ryan said, all right, well, I'll do my thing, and then it's up to the next guy. That is not that, that is at the core of what was wrong with the sequels. Right. The actors are great. Ray being a female character, Finn leaving, all that kind of stuff. Even you want to do Kylo, Ben Demption stuff, whatever. Bring Palpatine back. Do it the right way. Do it from the beginning. It's, all those things are okay. It's just the fact. And they admit it. They, 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 there's no getting around it. They know for a fact. And you can say Carrie Fisher's death was a, was a large part of all this stuff. But, I mean... It, it, that is not the factor, actually. That, that happens after Ryan Johnson's movie, right? So Ryan Johnson's yes. movie was allowed to be a thing and do its own thing, and then they didn't double down. They went back to the plot lines in The Force Awakens or back to their original ideas. I mean, it's just like... so. I think she, di- she, she died before the movie came out. Oh, did she? Okay, yeah. Because remember, they were remember everyone thought that oh they were gonna kill. That's her. Right. They actually thought they were going to edit her, her and her have her death be in the movie. Right, and they were like, uh, I think it was like as they were like finishing filming, and then they went back and filmed. Yeah, so, but yeah, so I you know I don't know. At the end of the day, though, as I as I need to get some of the stuff off her chest, but as actually we we do still have one more thing here. All right, we got okay. So so let's just take let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. All right. And then we'll come right back. Okay, as and we're back here. So, you know, actually, we've been talking here, and this episode might go a little long, so we might get split up into two. I don't That's know. Fine. We'll, we'll see how it, we'll, we'll see how it goes when it gets into the editing process. Yeah. Much like how Disney goes when they get into the editing <laughs> process. Is it going to be a good movie or bad? I don't know. Is it going to make money? Here we go. Add some more porgs. We need some more cash. Anywho. Um, so actually, we were just pretty critical there. Uh, if you're listening to the, sort of the first part of this, maybe you're jumping in. I don't know. Um, we was as was, we were pretty critical there of specifically sort of Rise of Skywalker, um, which we haven't actually done in a while, and I thought we 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 jump into that again. But actually, we got a message here. We got a transmissions here from uh, Mandalorian Jedi, aka Josh uh, Joshua. Uh, he says, "Guys, I'm afraid I will have to disagree with you both about the Visions series. I thought it was terrible." I suppose this is the only anime I've ever seen, so take my criticism with that in mind. Overall, as each episode varied widely, I thought the stories were bad and the voice acting was stiff. The dialogue was dry and the animation was pretty poor. On IMDb, I rated the series a 4 out of 10. I found the episodes, for the most part, uninteresting and not very entertaining. 
The following is my ranking from worst to least uh, bad with my star ranking accompanying each. So he actually even then sort of gave us a guide here as to sort of some other things that he has rated, uh, like, you know, out of 10 stars. So I'll start with that, then I'll go back to the episodes. So he says, so for him, like a three-star movie is Batman and Robin uh, and Burn after reading, which I'm unfamiliar with. But Batman and Robin absolutely deserves a three because it's awful. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a huge Batman fan, and I agree. Um, at four stars, he has me, myself, and Irene, and Wonder Woman 1984. So mm-hmm. I don't know about me, myself, and Irene, but I would give Wonder Woman 1984. I'm a little bit more cash. I'd probably go like a six on that, but uh, I can certainly see somebody's four. Uh, at five stars, he has Midway and the, the Suicide Squad, the new mm-hmm. one. See, that one I totally disagree. That's like a nine star for me. Mm-hmm. Um, at six star, he has Buffy the Vampire, Vampire Slayer and Bad Boys for Life. See, I would actually have Bad Boys for Life. I think a little bit lower, but so I get, I get sort of his, I get sort of his ranking and where he's sort of coming from. So that's just sort of it. Then he ranks his episodes here. So he says at number nine, he has Tatooine Rhapsody. That's the rock band one, uh, three out of ten. Mm-hmm. At eight, he has the Twins, three out of ten. At seven, he has uh, Akiri. That was the one you and I both liked the least. Right. Um, that was the final one. Uh, he has that at four. At six, he has Toby. Yeah. With four, with four stars. Uh, five, he has Lop and Ocho, another four star. At four, he has the Elder. Four. At three, he has the Duel. At five. Um, at two, he has the Ninth Jedi. At six, and one, he has the Village Bride. So even somebody who disliked the series did sort of agree with us, and I think most of the internet that it seemed like the Ninth Jedi and the Village Bride. Um, we're almost in everybody's sort of top. Sure. Uh, and then the duel seemed to be to float ra- around. I think a lot of people had that as a number one or they had it towards the bottom, which is where you and I sort of had it. Um, but I think that one, because it's just so stylistic, I think you're either into it or you weren't. Um, but so he, he just, he wasn't, he wasn't in the series and he said, you know, I, this is really the only anime he's ever seen. So, um, Josh, did, he didn't go on to explain, um, he did just sort of that, that he found the voice, the stories were kind of bad. The voice animation was stiff. He didn't really go into any more detail sort of specifically than that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so again, I'm fine. With, you know, hey, this is a, this is an area where we would disagree, just like some people love the sequels. Yes. And some people dislike them. Some people love the original, the, the prequels like you and I. And a lot of older fans hate the prequels. Yes. So it's just it's part of Star Wars. Everyone's going to have differing um, opinions, differing sort of things. And I think for a lot of people, this actually might have been their first in- introduction to anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. No, it, it, it is different. Um, and it is sort of going out on a limb, right, for Star Wars and for Lucasfilm to say, let's do this. And it's, you know, we're all still kind of wondering, are they going to, is there going to be more with this? Uh, what, what's happening here? It's just interesting. It's very different. But I still wasn't opposed to it. I still think it kind of fits in its own right. little world. And it's just something, a side project that they're doing and extending stuff. And like you said, almost expanded universe-like stuff. So I'm okay with it. But I'm also okay with it. And I totally understand why people maybe don't, don't like it. And aren't I, into it. I even get why people don't like the prequels. I get why people... Like kids nowadays won't watch the originals because it just doesn't look like their TV and it looks old and it looks like they can't get into it. I mean, that's a thing, right? That's that's just what they're used to, this style. One of the things that uh, is pointed out here by Josh is that the animation doesn't look good. It looks pretty poor. So if you're used to Rebels and Clone Wars and you like the animation style to use something different, just maybe it doesn't look good. Maybe, you know, poor is sort of the the, the term he's attaching to it. But um, 
you know, that's just that's preference and, and things like that. And honestly, going back to our, our sequel conversation real quick, that's the first bit of Star Wars content that I've ever really said I am I don't like this. I'm out on the story. I love the characters and the settings and the planets and the force abilities and all that stuff. Oh, the visuals, yeah, yeah and everything, everything. But everything it's just the good. story. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm so. That's the one thing I I got to be a, a, a criticize. And I, 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 you guys know as I don't really do this. I'm a big fanboy. I'm a huge just into Star Wars. Love almost anything they throw at me. As, I remember as and I as and I actually we almost got into it after the Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, on back in the old Rebel Watch days, um, we because as 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 came back and he vehemently defended the last Jedi yeah. and that I demanded that we do a video called and it was simply titled who's to blame. Yeah. And it was, oh, it was immediately man. following me because I was so out on the, on the I last know. Jedi. I'm, I know I was so out on it and we were just like total different, total differing. Uh, yeah. Di di differing, differing opinion. And I think, I think actually, I think actually what's happened over the years is that we've, I've, I've actually sort of been a little more okay with it, and I think Ez has actually been a little less okay. Yeah, with it. so that's we've, true. So we've, over time, we've been, we've 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 actually come to a little bit more sort of of a of a of an understanding. But yeah, you know, we said this in our visions thing, and I think I I actually, even though I like, I'm a fan of anime. I actually of, of sort of the visions thing. I do think I think it was a bad idea to have the duel to be number one. Because again, it's maybe it's a lot of people's first experience in anime, and that one's so different. And you see somebody with like a lightsaber umbrella, and again, the whole thing. I I went. I think it's sort of your mindset going into it, because a lot of people are like, I don't even know what this is, and so they click on it. They're like, what is even going sure, on? Sure, yeah, it's a. So umbrella. do they do they even do they even know this is canon or like people are like I don't even know what this is, and so I I actually do think sort of that was like. I, I I think that was a bad choice as as a first episode. I think I probably I think if you're gonna do a first episode, I almost feel like the Village Bride would have been the the best perfect episode to start with because it's short and so some of the story it, it's I would I would defend a little bit and say it's hard to cram any sort of story into like eleven to twenty minutes yeah, yeah. where you're introducing completely new characters every time right. Um, yeah, so I would I would criticize some of the the order of it. I do not think that was a good idea. Um, if I were to reorder them, I would probably I would start with the Village Bride because I think that's that one. You're like, okay, this is because I I thought that one probably looked the best. I mean, that one was like cool. I thought was gorgeous. Yes, yeah. um, just really vibrant colors and everything, like saturation. Not it was perfect. Right. Um, and that one, and that one's just sort of short enough, and that one felt kind of like very Star Warsy to me, right? And here you have this person; she's a Jedi. She's got pulls a lightsaber. It's pretty quick. I probably would have started with that one. Then I don't really know where I would have gone. Actually, maybe Lop and Ocho, I think, would have been sort of a good second one because now you get a little bit of this, like somebody's in the Empire and stuff like that. Um, and then you could really start to go, however. Uh, however you want, but it's just the duel is so different than the rest. It's like it's so different than the rest of them that I almost probably would have had it last. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I get it. the the order is something that probably did affect people viewing it and how what the, what they because that first episode is so so abrupt and it might have 
it's for, not only it's 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 not only sorry it it's not only so different from regular Star Wars. It is also so different from everything else you're about to view. And so it's just like, what's going on? And, and as, you, <laughs> like, as you said, people probably turned it off after the first episode because they didn't. It was so jarring. And like you said, it's different from everything else you would see afterwards. So if that stopped you in your tracks or set your mindset, you know, put you in a negative sort of mindset going forward. So, yeah, or, you know, maybe order affected some of that. But also some people just didn't didn't like it and they don't understand where it's going. Right. One of the big issues with with, with Solo reason people didn't go watch solo and understand where it was at is because they didn't know was this a remake of solo is this like or a remake of one of the original movies or where does it fit in the timeline i remember going to the movie and people were asking me hey where where is this and what is it was confusing so that also could be uh, a, a bit of it here let me say this though the ninth jedi the 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 plot ethan's calling the margrave the blacksmith's daughter escaping the hunters that stuff the sith acolytes the story for that had made more sense, and it was just in 15 to 20 minutes, than a lot of what was going on with with the sequels. I'm sorry, but that was honestly a, a cooler sort of setup, and you could have gone, I don't know, it's just so cool. And I look at that and think, my God, the, the sequels could have done something completely different with the same cast and the same sort of like, and it could have just been awesome. And it just, yeah, crazy. Uh, real quick too, also to Andrew, I want to shout out uh, one of our uh, members of the Council of Elders, sent us and this is we have we have two other transmissions from him that we'll get to about cloning when we come back and get to our regular programming where we speculate about everything coming up but he said the character ronin is going to have its own book i guess coming out so just to let everybody know like that was which character is that ronin was the uh first episode so the duel um oh gotcha oh, okay yeah that guy has his own book i guess coming out next month or something and it's like a little novel so we can maybe you know, pick that apart and see see what that's like and see what they're doing with that story arc. So, yeah. Yeah. So, anywho, guys, hey, that's it. That's uh, that's it for us for today. I think we did enough sort of ranting and raving. But, again, I, I wanted to include that one in there. Um, so, thank, uh, thank you uh, for sending us uh, – Thanks us that, Josh. But it just goes to show, hey, we it, even if we were sort of hating on the sequels and they're your sequels because you love them, everybody has differing opinions on Star Wars. And at the end of the day, it's all okay. I'm totally fine with it, people who are like, I love the sequels. Me too. There's a lot of people where there's a lot of people who love. There are totally aspects that I love. I, I, I thought that, you know, the idea of Kylo Ren struggling with the light side mm -hmm. was awesome. awesome. I thought that was that was unique and that was cool and I wish they would have expanded that further. Uh Finn, when I when I left the first when I left the Force Awakens, I was like, man, I want more Finn. I know. I think his dynamic with Ray uh is awesome and then I really thought you could have built that sort of core group. Um and so there was stuff that I thought could be cool and then you know just went in a different direction for me, but still a lot of a lot of stuff that I did still enjoy um, you know, from from the sequels. So. And, and to be fair, Matt, we for I just want folks to remember this for months and for years upon years, we since the since the Rise of Skywalker and the Last Jedi came out, we have pointed out the positive in those. And so for yes, once, we, we, we we've taken transmissions and talked about when people bring us transmissions about the sequels, we've talked about it. But this is was our own sort of conjuring, if you will. And it just we needed we needed to get some stuff off our chest. And we're gonna and that's the and that's and that and and there still might be a little bit more that comes out. So stay tuned for some videos or something. But yeah, just some funny know. yeah, kind of like uh, YouTube polished videos. But but for the most part, I mean, I I'm, I feel I'm done. You know, it's just like I 
I just watched it the other night, and I get so like I just need to say something once about this, and then right. move on. And I and when I, we waited until it's all been over, all the all that has settled, people have been through this. You know, this is I stayed out of all of it when it was hot and easy to talk about and make good videos and let it pop. And you know, I right. I, I didn't want to be involved in any of that kind of stuff. So now it's like literally just yeah. the story. It just is the story right. that I wish was and it, and right. And remember, Rise of Skywalker also came out with. Mandalorian season one yeah. coming out at the same time. And so I think some of it, some of my view of Rise of Skywalker is also sort of skewed a little bit by Mandalorian. And then Clone Wars kicked like right off, like within like like two months. And so it was just like, you know, right. A lot of my, a lot of sort of our, my actual sort of feelings about it got suppressed because we're just so infatuated with Mandalorian. We moved right Clone on. Season. Yeah. And just sort of, and just sort of moved right on. But now it's like, okay, well, you know, we we, we hit a wall. Let's and... sort of, let's sort of, let's sort of rewatch some of this stuff and go back and really sort of re and reanalyze it because um, now we can go back and start rewatching other stuff. And as and I actually kind of have plans to do that. We do. Might do a Rebels, Rebels rewatch, or maybe we do a Mandalorian and we plow. Th- we, you know, actually, maybe we should we do a Mandalorian? I'm actually thinking that might be better. Yeah, and here's the thing, guys. One of the reasons I went back and watched the sequel trilogy this past week was for tie-ins. I went and did a timeline. I was I was timelining some stuff out, and I got really just upset and agitated with Ochi and Ochi's dagger. I just was like, this is crazy. This is what led to this whole kind of thing, because I'm always trying to figure out how do you fill that gap? How do you make the sequels better? If you have a transmission that like highlights it totally why we're wrong and can change my mind, I would love it. I honestly love Star Wars, so bring it on. I, I, I think that would be fantastic. And so, yeah, I, I maybe it's a Mandalorian uh, rewatch, my friend. Maybe we just dive into that. Get ready for the Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian season three. Ahsoka coming out. All of those things. It's, so yeah. if we if we if we did an episode a week, and maybe there could be some where we do like two, because you and I can really plow through some of the stuff. Yeah. We would actually almost just be perfect. We'd almost finish. We would finish Mandalorian uh, seasons one through two rewatch right before Book of Boba. Okay, I'm doing the math of how many weeks and stuff. So, so I think that's what we're gonna do. Starting next week. Episode. So yeah, guys, let's do, let's do this. So yeah, so starting next week, we're gonna go back and we're gonna do, we're gonna rewatch Mandalorian. All right, and we're gonna put ourselves back into the Star Wars hype train. Let's go. Okay, let's. You know, I've missed. I've 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 got them right here. You know, and sometimes we start thinking about Star Wars and stuff like that. But hey, look, since even though even though the sequels really sort of put me in a bad light, I don't know that there's any Star Wars character I love more than this little green bean right here. I know. Okay, I know. Grogu is so. He's, is he? Is he not just the best? Yeah, he is the best. He, is he not just? Is he not just the best? Uh, Every second that he's on screen is fantastic. Gold, gold. It is gold. Yeah, and and we need we really needed it, and it's it's really nice. And again, I'm rooting for all of that stuff in between to go into the sequels and and again amplify them and just make it all more cohesive. Tell its own story at the same time too. Bring in new characters that we love. I'm so invested. The fact that they did Luke Skywalker with Grogu and Din Djarin, I'm still... I mean, there's so much to be hyped about. Ahsoka. So we got to look forward and we got we got to get into that mindset, you know, just as we right. get ready for Book of Boba. So. Right. We had to, you know, we had to, we had to move on, right? You know, what's he say? He's like, no. What he's... Uh, what's oh, Kylo my Ren God. Say? Yeah, what did he say? Uh, <laughs> he's like, no, you're holding on. You're holding you're holding on. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he's he's like he, uh he, the the phrase is always like let the past die. Kill let it. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. And that's really what I need to, like honestly with the sequels it's done and over. I mean that's not news. This stuff is all old and 
really doesn't even matter anymore. Although you're st- you're st- you're still holding, you're on. still holding on. <laughs> uh, although George George Lucas's uh, wife did come out and totally bash Kathleen Kennedy and um, JJ for stuff. That was did you see that she came out and went yeah. after them in some book or something. And by the way, we're getting a George Lucas um, Kasdan. I don't know, like book thing, uh, like a, like uh, forget what it's called, but like basically we're gonna get like his documentary kind of style. I don't know what what you call it, anthology thing. Yeah, so that's cool, and yeah. So, anyways, that stuff's been stirred up here recently, and that's that's kind of why we were where we are. But guys, I'm working on a timeline that is pretty cool that we can start to speculate as to who's still available in the Mandalorian season three and who's still out there for Book of Boba Fett, who we might see. Those are the types of things as we get in and watch do this rewatch. I would love from this point moving forward to hit episode uh, season one, episode one next week. We go into that and then we'll we'll cover transmissions about any Star Wars topic, Star Wars story, whatever it might be, Star Wars news. You guys send those in and really predictions like who do we think we're going to see and stir the pot up here a little bit. And we're going to turn those into YouTube videos. So if you got something really good, send it in. We'll doc, we'll doctor it all up and throw it on YouTube and get after it because it's it's on. It's time. Also, yes. by the way, quick plug. If you haven't had a chance to go check out the YouTube channel for Hyperspace Hangout, please go do so. Uh, we're diving into, I'm kind of doing these like uh, comics. I'm going to start doing more of the, the comics. I did issue one and issue two mm-hmm. uh, of the Star Wars um, 2020 series, working all the way up to the Bounty Hunter War series, and I'm going to cover some of those. So please go check those out. That would be, um, it's going to be a lot of fun because that's going to be some plot point coming up here soon. Yeah, and by the way, I know I was sort of joking about it earlier, but 11-11-2021 is Knights of the Old Republic, and when it comes back out, probably going to be doing uh like a, a full let's play of it i've kind of was doing some yeah. some 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 thoughts on that so yeah so stay tuned for that too all right cool and yeah and friends don't forget check out uh matt's channel super games bros you got video game review on there i've been over there we talk star wars games all that kind of stuff go check that out uh be if you got hey if you had an issue with this episode honestly it's okay i we are the nicest guys in the world Send us a DM on social media. You can see Matt's back there on YouTube. You can see mine here right. at Super Games Bros at Womp Rat. Send us a DM. We'll bring it up on the show. We'd love to talk to you guys about it, and you know, just kind of go from there. So, absolutely, guys. So, all right, guys. With that, we want to thank you for listening, and remember that traveling through hyperspace ain't like dusting crops. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.